tonight. Acts chapter 11. I want to read a few verses here, starting with verse number 19, Acts chapter 11, in verse number 19. This is the account of uh, Barnabas being sent of God to a place called Antioch. And when you read on further in the book of Acts, you see that Antioch was, was a, a center for the establishment of the church, the expansion of the church for missionary activity from uh, Antioch. And it was in Antioch that the Christians there, that the, the believers were first called Christians at Antioch. So there's a lot going on there. And Barnabas is a key person uh, that is sent of the Lord uh, to minister to this, this uh, young church. So let's read here in chapter 11 and verse 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. But And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they come to Antioch spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and seen the grace, and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. When he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. The disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. It's interesting to me that this Antioch church really was born out of the persecution that came um, uh, on the church and particularly upon Stephen when he was martyred that the church scattered, the believers scattered. And God used, and you'll see that's been a pattern. It's a pattern in the New Testament. It's a pattern in the, in, uh, even in the history of the church. Whenever pressure and persecution and trouble came to the church, instead of it putting the flame out, it spread it. There was, uh, the church uh, believers were scattered, and everywhere they went, the gospel was preached. And the Lord used that. I think it's a lesson for us all to realize that God can use problems, um, trouble. Um, not too many of us face real persecution, but, but uh, no matter what you face 
whenever the church is put under pressure or when Christians are put under pressure, that God can use that and often does use that uh, for his glory and to, to even expand uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what happened in this case. When we, you can back up, and I think it was Wednesday night that we were talking from Acts chapter 10, which was the introduction of uh, the gospel uh, to the Gentile world. Remember, it was Cornelius who was a man who prayed. He was devout. He gave alms. And uh, he, was, he was a man who was seeking after God. And God worked in his life and appeared to him uh, an angel appeared unto him telling him what to expect, what to do, how to respond. There is this, as we talked about this morning, this supernatural visitation. Amen. That came to him because he had such a hunger for God and for the things of God. He wanted to do the right thing and God then began to work in his life. And he could have never imagined that it was going to be through his faith and through his house that uh, there was going to be the expansion of the gospel and the door was going to be opening up to the Gentiles. Up to that point, the gospel was only brought to the Jews. But now, uh, through uh, Cornelius' house, a whole new phase of the gospel was getting ready to expand to whosoever will, to the Gentile world and to everyone. And uh, what a wonderful account it is. Well, when Peter goes back to Jerusalem to report in to the central headquarters of the church in Jerusalem, they're asking him questions like, what are you talking about? Why? You mean you went and preached to the to Gentiles and, and you? Uh, uh, and so then he has to give the report and explain. And so uh, Acts chapter 10 is the account of what happened in Cornelius' house. And Acts chapter 11 is the account of Peter explaining to the church headquarters all that happened. He really goes through a lot of the same details, telling all the events that happened uh, and the gospel was preached and uh, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and God moved mightily in Cornelius' house. So he repeated it. Let me just say this, uh, that whenever something is, is uh, repeated in the scripture, it's not just to fill up space. Whenever something is repeated in scripture, it is to give added emphasis. It shows the, 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 uh, the great importance of it. And so this was like an open door and how important that it was that the gospel was being opened up to the Gentiles. You and I can be saved now because the gospel is made available to the Gentile world. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so praise God for that. But this account that I read to you from Acts chapter 11 tells the account of what happened, what was going on. That as a result of the persecution, then people spread in a lot of different directions. Even in verse 20 where it says, Some of them were men of, of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they came to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. So it wasn't just Cornelius' house, but now everywhere they're going, uh, that even under the pressure and the persecution that's sending them in all directions, they're preaching the gospel to hungry hearts, and the church is expanding and growing, and even in the city of Antioch. Now, just as Cornelius 
could not have imagined how that his church or his home and how it was going to be used of God in such a mighty way in his household, I'm sure that no one could have imagined that the persecution that came as the result of Stephen's martyrdom was going to be, was going to be the thrust that was going to give uh, that's going to provide the gospel that was going to go all the way and these Grecians and these men of Cyprus and Cyrene were going to hear the gospel and a church was going to be born in a place called Antioch and that church was going to be so important because it was going to be a place where the spirit of God was going to be poured out there was going to be a great revival there and the, and the result was going to be the Holy Ghost was going to speak and say separate me, Barnabas, and Saul, and uh, that was the beginning of this, of Saul, uh, who became Paul. It was the beginning of, his, of the missionary endeavors of the Apostle Paul. And it all was born out of trouble. It was all born out of persecution. So never, ever doubt that God can use your trial, your problems, and even the pressure that you may be under through all kinds of different things that come our way. Sometimes it feels like that you are under attack and you're facing things that you would like to be able to avoid. But the reality is God can use it all in your life. God can use the pressure you're under and the problems that you're facing and the trouble that you're in. Uh, and he can use it to expand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. So Barnabas is sent from Jerusalem to Antioch. Why is he chosen? Why Barnabas? There's all kinds of other great evangelists and preachers in the, in the book of Acts, like Philip, who had a great revival at Samaria, and the different ones in the New Testament that God used. Why Barnabas? Why was he sent to the church at Antioch? Well, there was a reason. Barnabas, Barnabas was... Uh, known as, uh, his, his formal name was really Joseph. But the disciples gave him another name. And it was the name of Barnabas. Because uh, the word, uh, or the name Barnabas means the son of consolation or the son of encouragement. The son of encouragement. My, don't we need Barnabases in the church today. Amen. We need Barnabas who can encourage one another by your words and your actions and how that the Lord uses you. But God sent Barnabas to this young church. This is the first church established among the Gentiles. And Barnabas is the one that's chosen to go and to minister to this young church that's experiencing an outpouring of the Spirit of God among the Gentiles for the first time, and why? Let me give you a few reasons here tonight. Number one, Barnabas was sent to this church because, number one, he cared about people. He loved people. And he was there to help people when no one else was. After the apostle Paul, who was Saul, who had his experience on the road to Damascus, and he goes then and, and uh, spends three days, and, and I, Ananias is sent to him, and you know the whole story of all that happened uh, to Saul. But now whenever he begins to, to, to branch out, there in Acts chapter 9, 
And uh, the Bible says that they were, I'm just paraphrasing because I can't quote it all, but, but they were all afraid of Saul because he had been the biggest enemy of the church. They were fearful of what he might do. And uh, so they wouldn't accept him. But that's when Barnabas stepped in. Barnabas stepped in. And that's Acts 9 and 27. It says, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So Barnabas was that key person who cared enough about Saul that he, wanted, that he was used of God to introduce him to the other disciples who were afraid of him and caused him to be accepted into the, into the, to the body and to be accepted as a person that was going to have impact and influence in the work of the ministry. That was the kind of person Barnabas was. He just stepped in to be a friend of, some, uh, uh, of someone that didn't have any friends. He wasn't being accepted and, and uh, they were afraid of him and they wouldn't accept him. But Barnabas, uh, he, took a, he took a chance on Saul and he just decided, I'm going to introduce him to all of these other church leaders and help them to see that this man, Saul, has had a real conversion and he's really changed. And he now has a ministry. And God used Barnabas to open up the door for something new like Saul who was going to become Paul. Uh, and how crucial and important it was for Paul to step on the scene. I mean, there's no one who had a greater impact upon the church and, and upon the, the scripture even uh, in providing about 12 or 13 of the books of the New Testament that he wrote. No one had a greater more powerful impact uh, than the Apostle Paul did, but there had to be a Barnabas. There had to be a Barnabas who was willing to stick his neck out for him because he cared about people. He wanted to see him uh, fulfill his purpose and his calling. That's the kind of person that he was. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse, verse uh, 36 and 37, it says, and Joseph, Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is interpreted the son of consolation or encouragement. He was a Levite uh, and of the country of Cyprus. Having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now this is the kind of guy that Barnabas was. He loved people and he loved the church and he, want, he was willing to invest what he had in the, in the church. He had a property, he sold it, he brought, the, he bought, brought the, the, the proceeds of the sale and laid it at the disciples' feet because Barnabas loved people and he loved the church. Amen. Praise God. And he made an impact upon the lives of people. So I'm just giving you a little insight into why he was the one that was chosen to go. They sent him from Jerusalem uh, to this new uh, Gentile church at Antioch because he was the key person. He was what they needed at that particular time and God was going to use him. You know that we all have different personalities. We all have different callings and ministries. But God knows how to raise up the right person at the right time to help you, to bless you, to encourage you. And thank God uh, for people like Barnabas. Amen. 
The Bible says the hand of the Lord was with them, talking about the, the church there at Antioch. A great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then tidings of these kings came, uh, these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. He was the one chosen. He was the one that was called to go and serve and to minister to this young new church that was experiencing revival. Another thing about him was it's obvious that he was, he was willing to fill the need. He was willing to fill the need, whatever that it might, might be. Verse 23, who when he came and had seen the grace of, or let me back up just a little bit here. Uh, the verse 22, the tidings of these things came to the ears of the church and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came, you know, the, the Barnabas, obviously, there doesn't say anything about him having a discussion with them like, I, I don't know if I want to do this or not, or I don't know if I'm called to do this or not. Uh, he was willing to go. He was willing to feel the need. So Barn Barnabas was, a, was a, an encourager. Barnabas was chosen for this ministry because he was willing to meet the need. He was willing uh, to invest in this new young church. He had a willing heart and a desire to do whatever he was asked to do. Amen. May his tribe increase in the body of Christ. Uh, a, a person that's willing and ready to do whatever the need requires. Amen. So he was chosen for that uh, reason because he was really perfectly suited to go and to serve and to minister to this young church. It says that when he came, verse 23, and had seen the grace of God was glad. Now how do you see the grace of God? <laughs> he saw those people that God was working in their lives. You know what it's like when you have a lot of new Christians around and the Lord sent us more. Sometimes new Christians are kind of disruptive and they don't know how to do and you know, they, they just kind of disrupt services and, and uh, may, may we have more of that, amen, to break the routine, to break up the pattern of, of what's going on. But somehow when he came into that church among those people, he saw the grace of God was glad. He saw that God was working in their life and God was moving on these young Christians. He saw the grace of God was on them and I'm sure they needed the grace of God and they needed someone that could show patience to them and to see that, that in spite of their weaknesses and, and uh, their you know, lack of knowledge of the things of God, he had patience with them and, and wanted to work with them and and I, I want you to know that God sends in people that are lost so that people like Barnabas, Barnabases in the church uh, can just minister to them and help them and see the grace of God upon them and in spite of their weaknesses and their problems and their, you know, their lack of understanding of all that's going on in the church. Amen. Folks, we need to be patient with new Christians. We need to be patient with people that are seekers after the things of God, that are, that are trying to learn about the things of the Lord, 
They may not fit perfectly into our scheduled pattern for our church service, but we need to be like Barnabas and see the grace of God on them. See that God's working in their life. Be patient with them and pray for them and encourage them and bless them. They may not know everything about, you know, what we do and how we do it and all the practices of, of our routine. Just think about it. For me, example, it's been my whole life. That's all I've ever known. I've grown up in church since I was just a little boy. So I've learned all the routines and I know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. But there's a lot of people that walk into the house of God and they don't really know. They don't know and they need people like Barnabas who can see the grace of God on them. Amen. And see that God's working in their life even though they don't know much about the things of God, it's just obvious that God is working on them and in their heart, and that was, that was Barnabas. He saw the grace of God that was on them, and he was glad, it says. He was glad to see. It ought to make us rejoice when we see that God is working on new converts and new Christians and, and stirring things up in their heart. It ought to make us glad when we see that. Uh, here's the reason, this is the reason why that Barnabas was the one that was picked to go. I mean, this is a new church among the Gentiles. The Jerusalem Christians really, really know what are we, how, how to handle it. What are we going to do with this bunch of new uh, heathens that are becoming Christians? What are we going to do with them? He was the right man for the job. He was the right person to go in there because instead of criticizing them and correcting them, he just saw the grace of God was on them. He saw that God was working in their life and he was glad to see it, amen. Glad to see the hand of the Lord was upon them. Then it says uh, that he, he saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them. That's what the son of encouragement does. He exhorted them, he encouraged them he spoke to them, he taught them, and uh, he was like a parent that was just trying to bless them and help them along and encourage them. He exhorted them and encouraged them. Praise God. Amen. It's what's required of us. Amen. When new people come into the house of the Lord, instead of, turning, instead of the whole congregation turning and staring at them like, who is this? What are they going to do? Are they going to interrupt our service? Oh, no. And we get all nervous and uh, concerned because people don't fit exactly into what we expect, the way people ought to act when they come to church. No, we need to see the grace of God on them. And we need to encourage them. Amen. If they've made one step toward the Lord, then we need to encourage them in that step. They don't know much about the Bible or much about worship or or uh, church routines and church services. But you can just see that God's working in their life. Let's encourage them in that. That's what Barnabas did, and that's why he was sent to this new church, because he was an encourager. Praise God. Now, verse 24 really describes Barnabas. It says he was a good man, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost, and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Amen. He was a good man. I wanted to 
I looked at that word and did a little uh, look at uh, what the, the Greek word was for the good man. And it means, it just means to add to, to add to. And so whenever he was the kind of person that when he came into the situation, he added to their life. He blessed their life. He touched their life. He was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. It was the right combination of a man of God, a son of encouragement to to come into that new church and to bless them and to encourage them in the things of the Lord, full of the Holy Ghost, full of faith. And the Lord was using him in a mighty way. And many people, much people was added to the church. Praise God. That church at Antioch was a growing church. It was a spiritual church. When you read there in Acts chapter 13, that they had certain leaders, uh, verse one there, Barnabas and Simeon and and Lucius and uh, Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul for the work uh, whereunto I have called them. This was a church. It was a praying church. It was a church that, that knew the word of God. It was learning the word of God. It was being taught by these men of God to them that God had placed uh, people right in the body there to teach them and to instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Amen. And this was a church where uh, the missionary heart was born and God was going to expand uh, the work of the kingdom of God through the apostle Paul, through this church at Antioch. But don't forget that Barnabas played a really big role in this. As a matter of fact, notice here in the text here, in verse 25, it says, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Remember, we already talked about back in chapter nine, he had had a He'd had an encounter with Saul. He was the one that defended him and introduced him to the rest of the church. But now he, he understands that God is wanting to do something even greater than he could ever have imagined at the church at Antioch. So he goes and travels to Tarsus and there he gets Saul and brings him back with him. In verse 26 it says, and when he found him, He brought him to Antioch and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So this this heathen church, this Gentile church became a powerhouse church. It became, they invested a whole year instructing them, teaching them. Barnabas and Saul invested in that church at Antioch and out of that church it exploded revival and a move of God a move of the Holy Ghost in such a mighty way that missionaries were separated and called and sent forth amen Brother Bowman had a little discussion in Sunday school this morning about are there apostles today I agree with with what his conclusion was as far as you know, apostles like the apostles of the New Testament. But in the New Testament, apostolic ministry were those sent missionaries. 
So I would say probably the closest thing we would have to a, an apostolic ministry are the sent ones. The sent ones. Those that are called of God. And that happened at this church at Antioch. But the point that I wanted to make tonight was that God used a man named Barnabas to make it all happen. Amen. He was the one. He was the key person. And you'll see that he's with Paul quite a bit in some of his endeavors and in his missionary. But Barnabas was okay with stepping back in the background and letting Saul take the lead. He was okay with that. Uh, he was okay to be the second person or the third person or the, you know, he didn't have to be the lead man all the time. He was okay as long as he could fulfill his calling and his purpose. And that was encouraging the body, encouraging the church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let the Lord use you to be that kind of a person. He saw the potential of that church when nobody else could have seen it. He encouraged those young believers. He spent a year with Saul investing in them, teaching them the word of the Lord. And uh, as a result of that, the church exploded. The church, God began to work and move in such amazing ways that the church expanded and the missionary program expanded and all that the rest of the, the book of Acts, you see all that happened through the ministry of the apostle Paul. And it all happened because Barnabas was willing to get involved and invest in people. Amen. Amen. He cared about people. He cared about people. He saw the grace of God on them when others might not have. He exhorted them when others might have discouraged them or criticized them. He encouraged them and blessed them and built them up. And as a, re as a result, that church grew. That church expanded. That church became more than they could have ever imagined. Amen. Praise God. This first missionary sending church was the first of every New Testament church then at, from this point on was to be a missionary sending church. Praise God. In Antioch, they're first called Christians. Why? Why? Well, they were so much like Jesus. They were so much like the Lord Jesus Christ that they said they are Christians. They are little Christs. Everywhere they go, that there was such an impact that was made. And this man Barnabas was the key man the key person that the Lord used. Amen. So as I was reading through all this, studying this, I, I just concluded that we need people who are full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost, who care about people, who will invest in people, who will see the grace of God upon them, who will encourage them and bless them and see the potential of their life, just like Barnabas saw the potential of that church. And... Uh, that God could raise up people who would have that kind of a, of a ministry. Amen. With that kind of a ministry actively uh, at work in the church, we could really see some amazing things happen. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Lord, give us some, us some Barnabases. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Years ago when Mike Overbay came to church here, uh, without fail, 
as soon as the service concluded, he would make his way up to, to the pulpit, up to me, and say, say something nice about the message, whether if it was good or bad. He'd say something nice about it. He was just an encourager. And uh, the Lord used him. And there's a lot of times when I knew I'd flopped and really messed up and did terrible. And he came up and said, boy, I appreciate that. Good word. That's a good word tonight. I appreciated that. Amen. He, he, was a, he was a Barnabas with that kind of a spirit that wanted to encourage. Amen. So as you look around in the, in the body of Christ, in this group right here, there's plenty to, to if, if you really want to nitpick, you're, you can find plenty of fault and failure with just about everybody here. Amen. Including me. I know you could. But don't do that. Don't do that. Look for something that you can encourage someone else. Amen. And they may not be doing all that well spiritually, but look for any area of their life that you see where they're allowing God to help them and, and encourage them in that area. Amen. Amen. They may be worldly. They may be disinterested in the things of God, but they may be faithful to church. And so just go to them and say, thank God for someone that, that loves the house of God. Amen. Encourage them and look for some way to encourage people. And I want you to know it'll make a difference in the body of Christ when we do that. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the wonderful example of this man, Barnabas. Lord, and how that he had such an impact on the New Testament church. Even though he was somewhat in the shadows and, um, and wasn't really out in, the, in front in the limelight, yet God, you used him in such an amazing way to, to strengthen the church and to, to uh, open up the doors in that new Gentile church. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for someone who loves people and loves the things of God, that they're willing, Lord, to sacrifice and to give and invest in people and care about people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and help us all to aspire to be that kind of a man and that kind of a woman. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand, everybody.